Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. So the last couple of days, Gregory, you've been basically taking the time to scout out the rest of the camp town and you, with the prompting of others, um, have noticed a lot more of the nitty gritty of the town and, you know, it's kind of got a feel for it. One of the main issues that you got is where are the settlers that came in with you going to settle? And walking around town, meeting people, you basically came down to three prospects the closest option, because your guys are staying at the livery, is to get somewhere near the livery. It's going to be close to the center of the town. It's near the horses, so you could go into the horseshoe shoe making business. And you have, quote, uh, friendly neighbors. Boss Thompson seemed pretty friendly, but you're also pretty close to the action at the Silver Dollar for good or ill. The second was towards the north end of town near the Pelham Coal Mine. You could get coal for your forge and it would be cheaper than getting it delivered across town or save you time walking it over it's possibly a bit further from corruption but uh yeah i mean you're going to basically have a, a more cornish flavored clientele for a while or you can go near the woodcutters camp um, there's the river axis it's near fox island uh there's wood and a mill there and it'd be fast housing, but also wouldn't be as close to town and would kind of leave you on the edges of it. So with that in mind, Father Noss is, has asked you, and with the blessing of others, to kind of negotiate the deal for your own settlement as well as to find land to build the church on. Many of your party have also agreed to like go with whatever you decide. And on account of me being like the... The closest thing to a big businessman in the group. Pretty much, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you showed a lot of leadership on the trails, so many of the other families and uh, cowhands that came with you are willing to trust your judgment, which, actually, how does uh, how does Gregory feel about that? Well, he's definitely a bit surprised because, like, you know, he's grew, grew up in Chicago in the 1800s, so he's used to, you know, just being another, you know, another blacksmith on the street, and then seeing like slowly like how the bigger machines are starting to come in and just start, you know, doing the work of, you know, 10 men in like an hour. And so he basically is like, oh, I got to get out of here. I got to go somewhere where I'm more relevant. And now he's like, oh, I'm, I'm more relevant, immediately more relevant. Wow. I mean, I wanted that, but that was faster than I thought it would be, essentially. Yeah. Does, uh, does Gregory see himself as a leader? Is that something that he's ever thought about or is does he kind of feel like he's just sort of thrust into the position well he's always sort of seen himself as like the one in charge of his family 
but he's never really like seen himself as like a community community leader. That's something that's sort of brand new to him. And quite honestly, he doesn't really mind it on it. Cause he, like I said, at first it was just a surprise. Oh, people are just, people listen to what I'm saying. And then he's like, Hey, people are listening to what I'm saying. Kind of like this. And of course, what he doesn't tell anyone is at the back of his head. He's like, okay, now that now that I have people watching watching my back, it means I can keep an eye out towards the prairie and make sure nothing follows us here. Yeah, that feeling of being watched also might uh, kind of play into your decision here. I know, like another one of the leaders of your caravan, uh, Bjorn, as you also notice that he's been off his game, out of character, because. Chris pushed his role and then failed utterly. And like, uh, you know, Bjorn's been kind of hesitant to go into town for the last couple of days, ever since uh, the incident and the follow on incident with the, the shooting in the middle of the street. And you're basically needing to take charge in order to get people all that livery, because while it's inexpensive housing, expensive over time will become very expensive because at, at this rate, like, People are starting to wonder, like, how long could they afford to keep their horses and oxen there? How long could they afford to, you know, sleep in hay? There's creature comforts that are wanting. And, like, you could pitch a tent somewhere, but unless you have, like, a good claim on it, it's not as secure as people like. It's like the difference between having a hotel room and having an actual home to go to. Exactly. So, whatever uh, Gregory decides, it's going to come down to a trip to the Glasgow Silver Dollar from talking to your fellow um, companions as well as the advice. Fellow settlers? Fellow, yeah, your fellow settlers from your wagon train and the advice from the Burgesses basically know that you need to talk to someone who's been referred to as the Jew in order to get things done. And Boss Thompson had pointed out that he's usually hangs out at the Silver Dollar as well. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, what is Gregory thinking about these three areas? There was a map that I sent earlier that's pinned in the chat. Yeah, I, I got it pulled up. Yeah, honestly, it's a it's a bit of an interesting dilemma because he is definitely he, like part of him want is eyeballing the spot close to the uh, the wood mill, the sawmill. Partly because he's like, you know, we could like sort of set up a water wheel to help with the smithy if he wanted to at some point in the future. But he's also He's no, he knows horses. He's like done a lot of horseshoeing in his time, so you know, having it by delivery would be nice and stable. It'll make sure it's be it's by the people. He's not really as attracted to like the the spot closer to the mine, just because to him it's like you know it, it might be good business for the coal and the you know you know getting repairing mining equipment, but that still that leaves him a bit more exposed, and he doesn't like feeling exposed. And so it's definitely tough because right now he's sort of between thinking between the two options and he's not quite sure which one he prefers more. They're about equal in his mind right now. Is there any way he can find any way I can find out more about the two locations and see which ones I like I make any rolls to see which one I better? I mean you could go visit him if you like. I suppose yeah. Because he has like heard that rivers sometimes flood, but growing up in Chicago he's not really familiar with rivers when they flood. So yeah, I guess he would like you know sort of wander around and sort of peek around like near the sawmill just to see like you know if the river did flood, would it just be washed away? Would it? He has, like he really has no idea of what exactly he should be looking for. Unfortunately. Sure. So you head almost due west. Um, it's not very far. You cross the main street where you've been staying, and 
you could already see the water from only like a few hundred uh, meters away. And you see that there's a rudimentary sawmill that they've already uh, had a, a water wheel put in and you see men picking up logs and bringing them over to the saw and stacking them down. These are like really big men who basically do this every day for a, li- a living. They got like these metal like clamps that are carrying the trees and like you got a whole line of them that are just like bringing logs over. You see a few people on break that are kind of like cooking up some sort of seafood stew by the water. Uh, closer to the north, you see um, like it looks like some bathhouses um, about like half a mile away up north um, by the river. And you're you're looking in at this point by the sawmill, you're noticing that it's probably too deep to like cross with a horse, but it's narrow enough that like you probably could swim it before you get swept away. If you would like to make me a either a geology or natural history role to see if you can find anything else about you mentioned the interest about the flooding, you can do that. All right. I guess I'll go natural world just because I don't have points in either of those and I might as well just see what I get. Uh, 68 out of 20. Nope. Can yeah, I, I mean, ask one of the can I ask I, one of the workers? Sure, you could do that. Like you're looking around like where the water meets the land and it's hard for you to tell like where the flood line might be because you know they've done a lot of work over here, so it's kind of tough. You could ask around. A lot of the um, men right now are uh, busy working, but you could probably find one on break. Uh, I'll talk to the ones making the stew. Seems like an older man, probably around 60, receding hairline. He says, oh, hey, uh, you come for work? Uh, possibly. I'm looking for a place to set up my smithy. And uh, I might be, this is a place I'm thinking about maybe setting it up, but I'm not too sure yet. Hmm. Yeah, well... We got all this area, and he's pointing around just at a general location to the south that just seems to be, like, covered with trees. But then he um, says, but uh, in a few weeks, we probably won't be needing it anymore, if you know what I mean. Got it. Tell me, you know, you've been here long? Uh, About as long as anyone, a couple months. Uh, Gregory points towards the river. It's like... I heard stories on the trip over here of people like rivers getting flooded during like rain seasons and stuff. And I'm trying to trying to cipher whether or not putting a building here will be swept away in the rain or what or what. Hmm. Well, let's see. We could uh, probably ask someone who's been here longer than me. He kind of sets down the ladle that he's stirring the soup with, and he kind of like walks closer to the river and yells, "Hey, hey, Pete!" And you see this. Um, silhouette who's kind of like in the water kind of look up and it looks like he has some sort of like pan with him and the the man waved waves over and then starts um, panning again and then the cook says no no pete pete and starts waving for him to come by um pete at some point gets the hint and like starts walking north from this little island and starts you know, like one of those things where you're kind of like uh, treading while swimming to just keep above water. Um, he has like this uh, uh, pan with a wooden handle and it clutched in his teeth. And you're getting a better look at him as he makes his way closer. And you you see that he like has like an eye patch on and he has like this permanent grin on his face. And there's like a bunch of scarring. And he 
climbs out of the water, says, Arr, hey, uh, who, who ye be? Where'd you come from? I think you're a, bit, a few few miles too far inland to be plying your trade. What? Silver? <laughs> Both Gregory and Gigi character and character are just sort of giggling to themselves at this. Sorry, sorry. You, you've been here for a while, I see. Uh, you, do you know how high the river gets when it floods? Hey, uh, yeah, and he... Um, he's pointing out to the island that he's from. Um, yeah, up there, it it uh, it gets up to that point. He's pointing, and you can see like you know a fair bit of the shoreline will disappear from the island. It's like just enough to let the foxes come out of their holes. And uh, over here, I told him to build a little bit further north, but uh, and he points about um, at the water wheel, and then just points a little bit higher than where you feel it would be good. Yeah, that's. But afraid of that. But if you go on about a few paces that way, you'd be fine. Really? Yeah, you're you're looking around. This man, he's pointing out that the the water wheel for the the lumber mill probably will need some attention uh, during the flooding season. But if you built a little bit north of it um, on the water, you'd probably be fine. Or if you built a bit east of it or towards the wood, you're probably not going to have much. And He's pointing around how like it's a little bit mossier type of grass near the river and there's a bit more sand in it. But, you know, you, you take even a few paces east or south or north um, by, on where you are, like it gets to more of like a like a thick, rich needle bed. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, like, yeah, what, what Pete was it? Yeah. Pirate Pete. Don't ask. <laughs> All right. Nice meeting you, old pirate Pete. Yeah. You let me know if you uh, get any more of these in. And he's indicating the pan that he basically had in his teeth while swimming across. But you notice that it looks like it's been rusted out a little bit. Or a shovel. Shovel would help me. I'll let you know as soon as I get my forge set up. Oh. Oh. You want one of them blacksmiths? Yep. You want something made with iron or even steel? I, I'm your man. Yeah, we we might be doing business later. Well, I plan on it. That's why I moved out here. Yeah, he he gives you a firm grip with his hand and shakes your arm. And like you're not a small man, but he gives it a really good shake. Well, nice to meet you, old pirate Pete. <laughs> so, um, with the help of uh, the cook and old pirate Pete, you find some area that it's currently being used. But in a few weeks, the trees should be um, cleared out and the lumber camp should be not needing it. You might have a little bit of foot track thick uh, between the sawmill and your house for a little bit after that. But it looks like it might be fine as long as you, you know, had good uh, working relationship with the millers. Yep. All right. Well, this is this spot's definitely looking better to me. It, nice place by the water. Good view. Plenty of business for all the metal metal bits to fix. All right, all right. Awesome. This is looking better. Well, I'm not gonna. Doesn't matter how look good looks to me unless I get some business numbers in there. He'll like he'll look towards the silver dollar and he'll be like, "Well, time to see if we can find this Jew they told me about." You can if you want um, check out some of the lots um, near town, but a lot of them are just open lots with like uh, stakes just partitioning off um, places. It 
they don't really have as many of the natural resources, but they are closer to the center of town and you'd get a lot more foot traffic for the shop. Also, we, we mentioned that y- your, your neighbors may or may not be friendly depending yeah. on who you're able to attract, but it doesn't take you a whole lot of walking around to see some of the parcels of land and you'd have a lot less land over here, but you know, location, location, location. Right, right, right. And also the business of the livery would provide some steady income with horseshoes and bridles, but it depends on how many people like decide to retain their horses and stuff. And you, you feel like you could do whatever sort of metal work in either location. And the, the city spot would probably also have a little bit closer access to the coal. You know, there's, there's pros and cons um, to any of the three spots. Yep. <laughs> Stop making me think so hard. I'm supposed to just go crazy in this game. Don't you know? Yes, but a crazy person with a high administration skill or <laughs> high accounting skill. But whatever you decide, it would involve a trip to the Glasgow Silver Dollar. Yeah, I think Gregory will be wanting to put his smithy somewhere like in a spot near with a sawmill, just because it is close by the horse livery. And, you know, as a blacksmith, it's probably like one of the only one of the few ones to be in the town as a total. So that means if people want to come see him, they're going to have to come see him no matter where he goes, essentially. It'll help a lot if it's closer to town. But yeah, I, I think right near well, around the sawmill area, where he's already going to want to do it. Can you also make me an idea roll? Okay, uh, I forget what's that again. So it's your uh, intelligence. Wish me luck. I only I got forty five on that. Seventy nine out of forty five. Nope. All right, so no, nothing else comes to mind to differentiate the the two or the three. So yeah, barring any catastrophes. I think he's gonna st- gonna pick near the uh, sawmill area. Okay, and the others, as well as Father Noss, um, give their blessing on that plan. And Father Noss actually um, asks if he could come with you to the Silver Dollar, and as an observer to the process, because he's gonna have a bit of a stake in this as well. Well, I won't. I won't argue with your father. Just. Be aware what kind of place you're going into. It's a den of sin and iniquity, as they say. That is uh, what Bjorn was saying, but I I feel it's fair to see what uh, sort of flock we're going to be dealing with for myself. And my presence, for whatever reason, might give some air of legitimacy to our intentions. But, um, you know, I, I trust you. And he passes you a really heavy purse. You heft it, and you could feel like quite a few gold and silver eagles in there. Quite a hefty purse. Well, the church will need land as well. I see. Did you have a spot in mind by my by my smithy, or did you have some somewhere else in mind? Well, my son, as we were kind of talking, us settlers that came in together, we would kind of like to keep our community together, and I think we might have a better shot of that if we. You know, bargain collectively, if you will. I see. Well, look, here's to, here's to be a neighbors then, and let's do some business with our two soon to be neighbors, I guess. Yes, and as as we discussed, business is usually settled at the Glasgow Silver Dollars um, over drinks and finalized the next morning at the Assay Office, which is 
the smaller wooden building next to it, you know that the property is leased, not purchased, because that would be illegal. Is there any thoughts going through uh, Gregory's mind as he creeps closer to this like hive of scum and villainy? He's definitely like it was definitely thinking in his head. Wasn't quite sure what I was expecting when I came here, but going to a saloon to talk business and then talk business deals wasn't quite one of them. Yeah, I mean, He's, but but being an immigrant, you are probably well aware of the whole business um, concluded at a pub. Yeah, idea. What time is Gregory going to head over to the Silver Dollar, and what is he planning on wearing? It's like probably I want to say like closer to six o'clock in the evening at at this point because like you took some time to walk around the area and gather some information. Uh, walking out to the various locations took some time. And what time do you want to head out over there? I think around you know well he's just yeah I'd say he's probably head out you know lateish like seven or eightish. Okay, so like just as the sun's kind of going down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for how he'll dress. Um, yeah, it's like it's important because like how you present yourself is. You don't want to like be up here too wealthy because then they might try to fleece you, but you don't want to be too low as well because then they might not take you seriously enough. Yeah, I guess, I guess he like you know put on his traveling pants and I guess he put on one of his nice shirts, okay. But like, like he, he like you know, wouldn't probably wouldn't wear too much else aside from that deal. He wouldn't like because I would say he's got like a, like a couple jackets or some, some various kinds. I'd say he just you know, just wear like the nice shirt and the traveling pants to show like you know he's been traveling, but you know he still has some bit of money to. You okay, know. Um, can you make me then a credit rating roll, and I'm going to give you a twenty percent bonus for your description because that actually feels like an appropriate thing. Nice. All right, that's a forty, so I need a sixty to then sixty. Yes, thirty-two out of sixty. Are you out of out of forty? I would have made it. Yeah. Awesome. So first off, check your credit rating. Yeah, you you feel like you're you can pull off that fine line of I can make this do, but I'm also a man of the world look. And you know, Father Noss is kind of uh uh deciding between, you know, going in like his religious robes or just throwing on something simple and seeing how you're dressed, he kind of puts away the the black cossack and collar and tries to match more or less what you got going on and throws a straw hat over himself. All right. So the two of you uh, head over to the silver dollar at this time. It's pretty lively. There's, there's lots of uh, dogs barking again. It's your first time seeing it, but it's a big uh, two-story wooden building, big, biggest building in town at this point, all white pine on the front. And they have a brand new plank board porch upon it. You swing in the, Saloon doors and your nostrils are immediately enticed by the smell of just something boiling in the distance. It's some sort of meat stew. And your mind goes back to what the Burgesses were um, saying that they are pretty much known for their stew here. And there's, you know, people of all sorts. There's ladies of the evening um, soliciting their trade over in the corner. You see the gentleman, uh, you know, kind of like a white suit kind of shuffling cards on a table you see a few people talking at the bar coming in like you hear some dogs growling at you but you're not ugly enough that they start 
mistaking you for anything. Yeah, it's you know pretty early in the evening. The sun's setting, and they're starting to uh, light some of the kerosene lamps in the wood interior. You notice that it's decorated by a few deer heads and just like oddities found in nature. There's like a little bit of a small mirror behind the bar and there's a bunch of like amber colored bottles uh, underneath it, which you, you figure is probably the, the corn whiskey that this place is pretty famous for. You're asking around for the Jew, but you get the response that he's in business right now, but uh, why don't you have a drink and we'll let you know when he's concluded. Uh, Father Noss shrugs and decides to order a beer. I think Rickard will do the same. He'll like get a beer and have it close to him, but like he'll, he'll keep he'll keep an eye out around, just making sure that you know he is not just you know not just gonna have you know drinks shoved on him and then you know, someone seals seals his clothes off his back or something. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people of various ilk at the bar. You make your way to one of the high wooden stools and sit yourself down. You're kind of between like. A couple of like people who just seem pretty into their drinks, and you're looking around and waiting. And one of them towards your left is kind of like looks up from his drink and looks at you and smiles and looks back down at his drink. Something funny on your mind? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it's nothing. Just you came in with the uh, and he tilts his head to uh, Father Nas, a couple of seats down, and. And he picks up again, and the uh, the cow pokes, and that uh, the the ugly guy who's basically, you know, a dog stud. Here in the and describe, he's like, you know, his grip tightens on the beer a bit, but he's just keep. He's like, yeah, what about them? No hard feelings, and he offers his hands. Uh, Hendry's the name. What what's your business in town? Well, we plan on moving here, send up a smithy, and do business here. Ah, just. Just the smithy. I saw you come in with the Negro cowboys, and you know, there's talk of a few more of those Jesuits come through. Well, people come with people come seeking all kinds of things. People come wanting to spread religion, others want to just have jobs. And you know, everyone's just heading west, trying to make a new life, like we're all trying to do. I, I, I see that. Uh, it's basically what I decided to do myself. So, what Fought, do you do here? Well, I fought in some wars and uh now i'm just trying to make an honest living like uh, any other man i guess and you see he's kind of like he bends over the bar and there's like one of those really short but long uh canines um, at his feet and he kind of scratches on the head uh, what's your business then I, I deal with uh supplying people what they need you might say is there uh anything that uh your little enterprise might be needing well, right now, what I need is a spot of land to lease and then some lumber to help put it all together. I see. Not just for me, I'm, I'm afraid. I've been sort of elected, I guess you could say, to represent all in our, our caravan of settlers. Interesting, yeah. interesting. So you are well, some man of means then? Well, right now, I'd say I'm, I'd say I'm a man of connections. Ah, what sort of connections do you have? And he starts kind of like rubbing on the, the facial hair that he has. It's kind of like, it's dark, but it's starting to gray at this point. You know, it's like his hair's pretty greasy, but he's appears to be 
little bit more well-dressed than you, but his uh, clothing is a little bit more beat up than yours. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, right now I'm looking for a place for myself, for a church, for some houses, and some other odds and ends that people might need. And from them, I guess I could, you could say I can connect you with their money huh. to get them what they need. I think we can make something work. All right. And you say you are a skilled blacksmith. Yeah, he like he was sort of flexing his arm. I didn't leave because I was bad at my job. Of course not. I didn't mean to insinuate. May I? And he kind of indicates your hands. Yeah, you know, he like shows his hands. You'll know, probably you know, calloused, couple of bird scars here and there. And you you kind of get the feeling that he's basically checking out your resume right now. <laughs> Very good, very good. And he uh, indicates to the man at the bar and, and puts up two fingers. The uh, bartender sets two glasses down, fills both of them up, and puts one to each of you and leaves the bottle there for you, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'll take a bit, but I like to keep, I like to, I've recently found that I need to keep a sharp mind. The, pr- the journey over here was an interesting one. Oh. Interesting. Problem with the natives? Nah, nah. Well, no native men. Animals. I see. You ever ever any trouble with animals around here? Like, I don't know, wolves? I heard of maybe a bear or two come down from the north? Uh, I mean, we have our issues, but, you know, we got Fort Lincoln just over the river, and, you know, we're doing okay with the Mandan at this point, but... No, as long as we keep uh, to our side of the river and they do the same, I don't think we're going to have any problems. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be looking to cause any problems now, would you? Of course not. Got family here. Good. I, I like to see that family man. You're going to bring real, just real. What's the word I'm looking for? Legitimacy. Legitimacy. Yes, exactly. I. You know I. I'm a man who wants to see this place succeed, and we need people like you to do it. Well, that's good to hear. I'm so highly valued. Yes, yes, of course. And he finishes drinks, uh, his drinks and fills it up again um, for the bottle that was left there. So why here? Well, uh, as it happened, I have a brother over on the fort. Oh, a brother. He told me about the, about, told me about the land here, and I figured, well... City is getting too full of machines, doing the work of ten men. I thought might as well come out here where work one man's appreciated properly. Yes, you look like you could do the work of ten men yourself. Nodding at your physique, so you are you as you say a leader amongst your group, and they've trusted you to speak on their behalf. Do you think that you'd be able to keep them in line, keep them safe, and? Keep them, you know, following the rules of this camp town. Well, uh, we had some, we had a little bit. Things got a bit tense on the way back, and I like to think I managed to keep keep uh, cooler heads in line to keep tempers from getting out of control. Now, of course, I'd have to ask to make sure that you know all the people here learn to watch themselves the same way, especially around my family, my daughters. Very good. Um, Can you make me a psychology role? 10%, 10%, yay. This is going to go great. <laughs> I made it a four out of 10. First off, check your psychology. <laughs> but uh, secondly, um, you have a feeling that he's sizing you up for something, but 
it's actually you, you got a four that's is that your uh, uh middle number on your sheet uh your great success number i don't know it just have it just have the automatic 10 percent. okay so yeah. then I, I think uh five would be your good success okay so yeah that's that, that makes your your good success so you you have a like this kind of feeling like he's being really polite and he's buttering you up and he wants something from you but you can't quite tell what but and he's definitely he's definitely sizing you up for something and so regularly like he would take his drink the, the first drink that was offered to him but he, but he won't refill it and then he'll just turn to the person he's talking to and say you seem real interested in my you seem real interested in what i can do for this community as i should be i am also a businessman of sorts and it's my job to make sure that the right people are here. We don't want, you know, all those ruffians, as you may have seen and heard the other night. Right, right. It's always horrible when ruffians get up doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Of course. Man, many of us have come here to get away from the long arm of the law, if you will. But, you know, there must be balance, as there is in everything else, and... You know, following the rules is something that uh, this community values quite a lot. Good to hear. It's always nice to be living with civilized people. Yes. When you do talk to the Jew, just tell him that uh, Hendry says that you're a good bunch. All right. I'll be sure to let the Jew know that. He nods at you and he takes the bottle, um, fills up his uh, glass one more time and slides it over to you and gets up and starts mingling with the rest of the crowd. Greg will just sort of he'll sort of sort of like you know hold the drink, but he won't drink it yet. He'll just sort of glance towards the where the guy left and sort of wave Father Noss over. Father Noss, who looks like he's been watching you the entire time, shifts over and takes the man Hendry's chair and sits down and says, What was that all about? Not too sure. Either that was the Jew himself or that was one of his right hand men. Interesting. Did did he threaten you? Do you feel in danger or anything? No, no, no. He just wanted to find out what a business here was and what we were doing. Well, I guess it's natural for anyone who's been here for a while to have curiosities about, you know, the new folks in town. Yeah, he just sort of lean in to whisper to Father Nas, like, I don't quite know what he, he had plans for something, but I don't know what exactly. I think what he's, I think he's got some kind of trading business. So he's got something going on under the table. He wants to, you know, have the town seem more legitimate with all us clean living folk being here, following the law. Father Nas uh, takes a sip of his uh, beer. It's brown and foamy and a little bit uh, stays on his mustache. He wipes it off and then says, well, that's it's not out of the ordinary per se, given where we are, but we should keep our eye on him. Definitely. Man with plans. Especially ones he won't share with others. That's a man to keep an eye on. If historical APs with a supernatural flair are your jam, then The Ultimate Evil is just right for you. With inspiration pulled from the Satanic Panic, The Ultimate Evil takes place in the 80s as four young men reunite to discover the mysteries that surround their childhood mentor's death. 